Welcome to the Adaptive Collaborative Podcast, connecting the adaptive communities. Hosted by James Norris, founder of Handicapable Fitness, and Melissa DeCellis, founder of Adaptively Abled Amputees and Adaptively Abled Fitness. So welcome to episode eight of the Adaptive Collaborative Podcast. I am so excited because I have the one, the only, visiting me up in Boston, socially distanced, of course, <laughs> Ferguson. Trayvon is a wounded warrior, an ATF adaptive athlete alumni. He's a peer mentor and coach. He's a Ziegler legacy motivational speaker and coach. And for those that don't know you or your story, would you mind starting us off by telling us a little bit about yourself, your background, your injury, and kind of how it propelled you to all of the really cool things you're doing today? Okay, awesome. Thank you. Well, first of all, um, I appreciate you guys having me here and allowing me a chance to, uh, to be a part of the platform because, again, um, none of us can get where we're going alone, right? So it's just as important for me to be a guest as it is for you guys to host this, and I appreciate that. Um, so a little bit about that. actually born down in the Caribbean, in Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, if you're familiar with the chain of islands in the Caribbean, we're like the very last two islands, very close to Venezuela. Um, moved to the U.S. December 18th of 1994, and um, a strange trajectory to where I am today because within five months of the day, I actually went into the military. So I left home, I left New York to go into the U.S. Army on May 18th, right? And um, that, that journey is kind of how we got here. So about, I would say, eight months into active duty, I was on a training exercise and um, was involved in a terrible, terrible Humvee accident. That accident resulted in me suffering a traumatic brain injury, or TBI, as it's uh, commonly called now. Uh, and now here we are 24 plus years later, and I've also and I also live with epilepsy as a result of that. Uh, in addition, along the way, I've been diagnosed with PTSD, uh, anxiety, depression. I've struggled with thoughts and suicide, and uh, the last 20 plus years, uh, I would say, were were really really rough. And what happened was, I had gotten to that place where a lot of us get to in life, where we last straw, and you're like, this is it, I'm done. So. I had decided um, in 2018, it was like September 17th or something. Yeah, September 17th. Uh, I had decided that I was going to end my life. And it just so happened that a friend of mine called me and he said, man, I got something I want you to try. Um, he had supplements that he was you know, working with. He said, hey, try it out. Um, that's a relief. And that started a quest for more answers, for more solutions. Um, and, and let me let me preface this by saying that I, I tell people um, not to use medication, but what I do tell them is that it didn't work for me. So I had to look for alternate tools. And as a result, uh, I, I went on this journey. I got introduced to um, the world of CBD, and 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 then the the the, the miracle happened. Um, I had a VA appointment. Here's the I had a VA appointment, right? And they had me waiting so long at the appointment. And this is a knock on them. It's just the way things are set up. That I walked out to the parking lot to get some money, to get some lunch. And I had a seizure in the parking lot. At that point, I was like, that's it. I'm done. I'm not, you know, trying to work with the VA anymore or whatever. But I remembered going to visit some friends of ours to update them on what was happening. This is our... Uh, for those of you that know motivational speakers, if you don't know him, I have him. You search him on YouTube. Uh, a really, really powerful speaker. Uh, he's deceased now, but he's left a legacy behind that's amazing. And I'm still friends with his family. So his daughter said to me, hey, I have a friend of ours that I want you to connect with. She's like, I don't know if this will work for He works with an organization that helps people with unique injuries. Lo and behold, it was uh, a gentleman by the name of Gardner, who's on the board of directors for the Adaptive Training Foundation. And when, uh, again, this is now me, I don't want to say being, but I didn't do what they told me to do. 
told me to send him an email. I decided to show up at the gym. <laughs> and, and so interesting is that the day I showed up, it was a Tuesday. Uh, Mr. Gardner is not usually there at the gym on Tuesdays. He just happened to be there that day. And because he was there, I walked in. I said, hey, I was told to come see Jim Gardner, not knowing he was on the board and not necessarily working at the gym. And then guess what happened? He, he sat with me for three hours that day. To the wow. trainers at the gym. Uh, we talked. I shared my story. And it was the first time I felt like I could share my story and not feel that somebody was either feeling sorry for me or that they were judging me. And so he said, hey, you know, why don't you apply for the program? Um, and not only did I apply for the program, I showed up at ATF every single day, Friday after that. Because I, I had decided then, I said, even if I never get into this class, but I could be around a group of people who, even in the midst of their storm, the, the, the energy inside of the building, the, the spirit that people were, were were carrying, I knew that if I could be in that environment, I could find healing myself. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get blessed to be in ATF's class 16, and, and from there on, it's been an upward trajectory. Has it been easy? Nope. I still have challenges. I still have um, seizures. But I went from having five to ten uh, full-on grandma seizures daily to now maybe, maybe once a month. <laughs> Maybe wow. a month. Ever so often, I still have my auras, but the program at ATF did a few things. I always say that they find my fight back. The second thing it did was my trainer, Tony uh, Moore, uh, she actually helped me formulate a protocol and a regimen specific to me handling my seizures whenever I have my auras and whenever they uh, get started. So, um, once I sense my auras, I, can, I have things that I do for myself to create an electrical shift in my body to actually prevent the seizures from happening. So that was, that's been amazing. Um, and then from that point onwards, it's been a, a quest to now, how do I inspire and encourage every other adaptive athlete, um, whether I meet them, whether they see me, whether they follow me on social media, but also not just the athletes. You know, we're talking about the family members. I mean, my wife is an amazing caregiver. Um, I can't wait for you guys to hear her story. Um, in fact, she's working on some stuff now that we're going to be releasing shortly. But she, you know, getting the family members to understand how important their role is in the journey, that's important to me. Um, and the, the, the piece of all that is I want to give hope. Um, especially right now, we're living in some interesting times and uh, whether people are able-bodied or not, people are losing hope. And when hope is lost, that's, that's pretty much it, right? So that's, that's been my mantra. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 45 years old, living with epilepsy, and I just, just did a road trip from Texas, so from Dallas to Arizona to Tahoe to Nebraska, and now I'm here in Massachusetts. Most people are like, that. That's insane. I was like, no. Nah, well, well, listen, Trayvon, thank you so so much for being here. And most of all, thank you for your service. Now, you have an extremely long name. Um, can you please explain the meaning behind it? All right. So Trayvon is actually, um, I, I didn't know this until recently, but it's actually German. I forgot what they said it means. But my two middle names, Sundiata and Emotel, I kind of, I kind of built my, my now speaking career around those because they're so unique. So Sundiata actually means the Lion King. In fact, uh, it came from Mali, which is in West Africa, that the Lion King, the, the Disney movie, is actually based off of his life. And then Imhotep uh, is an Egyptian name, means comes in peace. And so, uh, and truly, the, in, 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 in a lot of African traditions, your name is in alignment with what your purpose is, whatever your destiny is meant to be, right? So, uh, and, and so for me, he comes in peace. 
I always consider myself a connector. So I love connecting people to information. I love connecting people to resources. I love connecting people to uh, situations that they can use as tools to, to change whatever it is they're fighting against. Because uh, Melissa and I are activists, but, and, 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 and those of you that are watching, but guess what? There are a lot of able-bodied people who are struggling, and some of them are struggling even much worse than we are. Right. Without and and, and, and so the, the truth is how do we connect how do we connect people to their happy? How do we connect people to um, to the joy that every person is supposed to live with on a day to day basis? People see me and they're like, dude, every time I see you you're you're, you're smiling or you're doing something silly or whatever and we weren't put here to struggle. Right? Our, our purpose here is not not just to struggle. Now life will hand us some some curveball. But we get to step up to the plate and keep swinging, and that's what I, I love to do, connecting people to uh, resources and information so they can live the quality of life that they deserve to live. Well, our next question was asking you about every ATF athlete, and uh -huh. for those just logging on, Adaptive Training Foundation down in Dallas, Texas, which is a gym that I myself had the privilege of being able to train at. Trayvon has had a privilege to train at. James is on his way down there Sweet. as soon as he catch up with a few backlogged COVID classes. Right. And Beth is on the docket to want to apply for one of those future dockets as well. So if you Come haven't on, had Beth. a chance, check them out. Let's get you down there. Um, and they have just come out with some virtual training home exercise programs, which they are soon to launch. Right. But on that thread, every athlete has their own story and you elaborated on that a few moments ago. But what I'd really like to ask you is about your relationship with Gina and what was it with that mindset and meditation that helped ease you through your seniors? Oh, wow. Um, so when, when, when I got to, when I got to ATF uh, and, I, and I shared my story, there was an immediate connection. And I think part of that is because Gina's dad also lives with epilepsy, right? And he's also a veteran. So there's connections. But Gina is the um, is the mad scientist at ATF. She fights to try to tip everything. And so they had never had an athlete who had epilepsy in the program. So Gina lobbied for me. Um, they raised concerns. And, then, and they should, right? Because you're talking about taking on the responsibility of somebody's life, right? And so Gina Lott, what happened was, because I was at the gym every day, before, way before class, I had seizures at the gym. So one, they got to see Gina taking care of me even before I became an official athlete in a program. So for me, that was a win because I knew, well, well there's nothing that can happen with me at this gym and I wouldn't care. So I was fine, and then it, it gave my wife the peace of mind, and then there was a trust factor between Gina and I. So once we got to class, it was like, I was like, hey, whatever you want to try, you tell me, and, and let's push the boundaries of all the limits that they've given me from the doctors, and let's see if we can't change the narrative, right? And that's what happened. It was because uh, I had showed up and we had this trust. There was, I mean, I, I wasn't worried, I mean, I was like, hey, look, you know what? It can't get any worse than what had already happened to me in the last year and a half before I found ATF. It couldn't get any worse than that. So here I am. Okay, Gina said, Gina talks to me about, um, she says, hey, we're going to try this breathing protocol when your auras start. Now, was I scared? Yeah, I was scared. I was like, man, because those auras, they, right? And we tried it. The first few weeks was tough. There were, there were days, and I don't know if they still have the footage, but I'm working out. My aura starts crying because I'm in so much pain. But, but I'm telling you that now we can't stop because we've got to figure out just how far the threshold is for me to push through. And then we push through and we push through. And then, okay, all of a sudden, after week three of the class, it's like, I did have a few seizures, but now I wasn't losing consciousness. I was aware. So I could communicate to them, this is hurting. This is happening, you know? So that was a huge improvement. And then we went into a period where, okay, wait a minute. We didn't have any seizures this week. And then into two weeks. And that turned into, and so I ended up going like six months. Um, but the trust is what 
the trust that Gina and I had with each other is what enabled me, me to kind of embrace everything she was putting on the table for me. Now, you kind of hit on this just a little bit with your previous answer, but any ATF athlete that has been down there before, I always like to ask them this question in preparation for myself going down there. What is the biggest challenge that you were faced with down at ATF? Um, for me, and I think this happens to every athlete that comes through, it's letting go of the stuff that we're carrying. And by that, I mean, so when I got to ATF, I had, so I, I, I was in an, an accident that caused me to lose three fingers. But in that accident, I also lost 80% of my grip strength in my left arm because of the nature of the accident, the, the, the nerve and tissue damage. And when I got to ATF, I had a list of things that every doctor that I had seen previously had told me. So um, because of my epilepsy, they stopped me from playing soccer. I played uh, professional soccer in Germany for three years, and um, the migraines and the headaches and stuff, that somewhat added my, uh, ended my career. And then once the seizure started, they completely stopped me from playing that. They told me no running, which that's something I'll talk about later. Then my, my hand injury, they told me I'd never be able to do pull-ups, push-ups, anything that required weight on, on my arms. And so when I got to ATF, I was carrying this baggage of you can't, don't, you shouldn't, never, you know. Uh, and so it was scary for me. And then the other part of that was admitting that I needed to go get the counseling that I needed for my mental health. Program. That was the other big part. So those two things were the biggest things. Uh, and once I was able to, one, uh, go get the counseling I needed, it made everything I was doing at the gym click. Right? So I, I kind of fixed here. Whatever, this is for any athlete and anybody hearing about the program, once you take what's going on in here, I promise you, as physically challenging as things would be when you go to ATF, because that's what it's designed to challenge you, um, once you fix what's in here, it's and then it becomes fun. Like you'll be challenged, but it'll still be it'll be fun. And that was the biggest thing for me uh, was was letting go of that baggage of all the things that I couldn't do. So um, in other words, all the things that the doctors told me that was impossible. My shirt says it right. ATF talks about it. Defy impossible, right? Like, I intentionally wanted to defy impossible today because that's that's and all of you who are on the line, whether you're caregivers or adaptive athletes yourself, like literally, the, the fact that you're choosing to push through everything, what you're doing, you're defining what's defined as impossible, no matter what your injury or circumstance is. Now that kind of leads us into the next question. ATF is known for breaking you down so that you can work hard to rebuild yourself. Uh, and we all have that one moment where we felt like we were broken, but then all of a sudden we have an epiphany and we're able to kind of put all the pieces back into a more meaningful way. I like to say it's like Kintsugi pottery. Yeah. And yes, Mo stole that concept from me, but <laughs> pottery is broken um, in the Japanese culture. They will glue the pieces back together and they will paint the cracks in gold. What was that moment for you? Where oh. you felt like you broke, but then started to put the pieces back together and to be able to celebrate those flaws. Um, let's see, what was I doing that day? I remember this because I, ah, I was deadlifting and after the deadlift I had to go do, um, so imagine me walking into the gym, going from not even being able to do a pull-up to being able to hang and then being able to do pull-ups because uh, the goal for the class, I ended up setting like 20 pull-ups and then doing, um, right? Um, so what happened was that it was one of those days where um, it was rough. I had recently lost a cousin of mine who I didn't know he had epilepsy. Um, I found out after the fact, and he had had a, he had a seizure and drowned uh, down in Trinidad. And um, so I was at the gym. I was already I was tear. I was crying. It was tough. And um, I was starting to have my auras. And I believe my emotional state was triggering my auras, right? And I remember, so Gina laid out the, the program. And 
got up to do the first the first cross across the monkey bar. I made it like two bars, and I came down, and I was screaming and crying and mad and frustrated. And and Gina said, "Hey, own it." And when she said that, like I closed my eyes and I started breathing, visualizing going across the bars. And and at that point, honestly, I never told her this, but at that point. I wanted to leave. Like I wanted to leave the gym. I, I didn't want to come back. I didn't want to push through the pain. That was that was it for me. Um, but I think a lot of that was because of the grief, right? Like I just, you know, my cousin's death was an eye opener for me because it made me realize just how much people really didn't know and understand about epilepsy. And so, you know, when, when I got I got down and, and she said that, I closed my eyes and I started visualizing going across the bars. And I'm, I'm like, and I, I'm crying, right? And then Mo comes across everything is breathing. And I'm like, so I'm listening to two of them. I'm like, she too would just go away. And leave. But, but in that moment, though, as I'm visualizing um, what's happening um, he, um, with there's another trainer there named Tyler, she walks by and all she said was, you got this. And it was like, like somebody pulled the plug on all the weight I was carrying. So with Gina talking to me, Mo talking, and then Tyler walks by and says that, and something happened. It was like a, something snapped. So I got back up, and I, I, I love watching that video because you see me just moving across the monkey bars. I got to like almost maybe three with three or four left, and then I came down. And I stood there, and I'm like, it's on now. Like, so for the rest, and, and that was week four that that happened. So for the rest of the class, I'm like, there was nothing that didn't throw at me. I wasn't willing to, to go after with everything I had because then I knew, like, oh, I got this for real. You know, it was just so, so amazing. And every time I watched that video, um, it kind of gives me chills because I knew that that was the moment that I found, like, I really found my fight once in a while. That's, a, that's an amazing story. I have to see that video. So if you have it, I would love to see it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Now, now – we, we talked about it before that, that you are a military man, and I'm curious to know, how did your military training, if at all, how did that help you overcome the obstacles that you have overcome, and what role does that training play in your life today? Um, I, think, I think for me, with the military experience is um, we, we always finish the mission, right? Um, I mean, if you think about it, when I got hurt, they took me to uh, what they call hall and patched me up, and I went back to work. I, I was having nosebleeds and stuff, and I was back at work. Now, that might not have been the best way to do it, but at the end of the day, ultimately, whatever it is you're working, something or someone is trying to stop you from getting there. And whatever that is for you in, in your life and on your journey, you, the key is to keep pushing through no matter what. So if you think about it from a military perspective, let's just say you're starting uh, like you know, Melissa, like you guys started this podcast. There is always going to be things that are going to come against you. So that's so technically that's your enemy, right? That's the insurgents you're fighting. And whatever it is, it's, um, putting up the, the, uh, the channel, putting up the Zoom channel, putting up the, um, the Instagram uh, page, whatever. Something always seems, and you have to you have to sit back like like a general and say, okay, all right, the problems we're facing, facing these issues, what steps do we need to take to solve the problem, and then once we identify the plan, then we got to go, right? So, for example, when my accident happened, there were a couple other people that got hurt in that accident. So the, the, the unit had to evaluate what happened, evaluate what, where we're going, and how do we move forward after this has happened, right? Because now you have people injured. So in, in your case, in anybody's case that's on the on this line, uh, and, and it could be something as simple as heading to an interview and you, you, you're stuck in traffic. And how do you, how do you handle that, right? So handle it by when you get there the mission is still to go do your interview are you a few minutes late you can't change that you got stuck in traffic but when you show up to the interview how are you going to finish the mission because it's not really for you to worry about how they how the person responds it's always about because 
can't control how, let's say, if I tell Melissa, I need you to go walk five miles, and she might not want to do it, but I can't control how she feels about doing the five miles. I can't control how that employer feels. So one of the things that I got from um, being in, in the military is that completing the mission is always important. It's always a priority. Whatever that goal is, and, and please hear me when I say this. It's important to have and to set goals consistently because, again, life is going to challenge all of us. None of us comes through this life unscathed, right? And having things that you're working towards is what will help you push past those challenges. So guess what? Like, for example, right now, the next big thing that I'm training and working towards is hiking Lake Tahoe. I was told it's going to take me 10 days. Who cares? Good. I'm pushing towards. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's, that's the mission at hand. Whatever your mission is, for every person that's watching and listening and that are ever going to see this, whatever your mission is, that's what's going to pull you through if you stay focused on that. Just go do. That's it. Yeah. Go do. So... Are a Ziggler legacy motivational speaker and coach. Yeah. For those people who are not aware of the Ziggler method, do you mind explaining? Sure. So, um, so Mr. Ziggler, uh, motivational speaker and trainer, and he got famous for his training on sales and things of that nature. But um, like a lot of the coaches, like himself, John Maxwell, um, they they allow other individuals to teach some of the things that taught by being certified to teach the material. So, for example, um, one of the things I'm talking to Melissa about is coming back up here and, and, all, and doing some workshops with, with, with you guys. And it's, it's called the Build a You Workshop. And basically, it focuses on three main areas. And there's a fourth, like a bonus piece. So the first part is, the, as it says, building a better version of you. Those of us who are adaptive athletes understand that when we get injured, when we get hurt, or when we're dealing with whatever it is, it changes how we define ourselves. It changes how we see ourselves. Like, we start looking at it's broken and all that. But the truth is, being an adaptive athlete, it, to me, you're, you're a superhero without a cape. Because the courage and the fight it takes to navigate the new road that life has you, it's... It's beyond what most people can understand unless they go through it, right? Um, so that's one component. How do you build and see a better version of yourself? The second thing is what I talked about earlier with goal setting. Most people don't have goals because they don't know how to set them. Like there's a, there's a formula to setting goals and there's a formula to working through to getting them. And then what happens when you work towards a goal and then you, you don't accomplish it? So like you see, let's say like an Olympic athlete that doesn't win the goal and then you see four years later they come back and dominate. There's a step-by-step process they go through to get there. Um, the third component is building winning relationships. Every one of you know, and, I, and I've mentioned this a couple of times, our caregivers, it's important to understand how we formulate and build those relationships with those individuals because it affects how we heal. Healing also affects them as well in a positive way, right? So, so that's important. And then the last... Uh, the bonus piece is called Choose to Win. It's, it, this was actually created by uh, Mr. Ziegler's uh, son, Tom Ziegler. And it's, really, it's a really fun component because, again, life comes down to choices. So I live, with, I live with epilepsy, and people tell me I'm crazy because I run Spartan races. Yeah, but I choose to do that because I don't want you to continue defining me by the condition of epilepsy. I choose to go hiking on a daily basis because I don't want you to define me by the disease. You see what I'm saying? So um, that choose to win component, I love that one because again, it comes down to the choices. So I can choose to sit at home, like my doctors have told me, or I can do what I'm doing now, which is go out and have a whole lot of fun and go back and show them all the pictures. <laughs> there, there, there you go. Live it up. Now, to piggyback off that last question, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, but Ziegler said you can have anything you want in life if you help enough people get what they want. So how do you live that on a daily basis? Well, so, I mean, like, even being on this podcast and um, some of the things I'm doing, like, I, I can't really say it now, but, I, you know, I, was, I worked on a project that um, 
you guys are going to see next month. Um, there's a little bit of secrecy. I can't say anything with that. But the thing about that project is that because I share my story, that it can help other people see, like people can see, hey, man, all ho hope is not lost when you get injured. Hope is not lost um, if you're living in a condition. Hope is not lost because of whatever, right? It's just... It's just a matter of changing perspective, and that has opened up a doorway for, for another, an even bigger opportunity because I was willing to do that one piece, right? And so on a daily basis, like, I talk to people um, about, you know, never losing hope, but I also do stuff on Facebook. Like, if you follow me on Facebook and Instagram, you'll see me working out. I'll be talking. You know how many phone calls for people that have said, I was on the doorstep of suicide and I saw you doing a video talking about this and it really inspired me. He never made a dime, right? Those phone calls, those messages, the value in that, to know that what I'm doing is impacting at least one life at a time. I mean, trust me when I tell you, I'm getting everything that I have wanted uh, out, of, out of life because I, I remember at a very young age, uh, I initially wanted to be an architect. But I also kind of like the medical field. So now, um, the speaker, I call myself the life architect because I get to help people design, right, the quality of life that they want. They want, and 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 from that, the peace of mind, knowing that, like, I get to see my children. Like, my son is in the Air Force now. I just graduated from the Air Force Academy, and to have my son tell me that, you know, he's inspired by my fight every day. Guess what? Every time I talk and somebody else is inspired, that's the reward right there. Like, that's the me life what I want. And so when people see me on Facebook and they're like, man, you're always happy. Life is not perfect. No, it's not. It's tough. But I can smile through the storms because I know that everything I'm doing is touching another life. And, and again, it's so much more than the money because the financial reward, that's, that's fine. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, uh, no, I don't want money <laughs> like the house that I want to, you know, purchase next year for my wife and, and, and give her what she deserves after her enduring the last seven years of struggle with my injuries and my health. Yeah, of course. But it's the, the joy, the unbridled joy that comes from it. Right. That, that's that, that I think Mr. Ziegler was really talking about in terms of what, what we get in terms of when we just give, give uh, freely. And he has another quote where he talks about, um, he talks about, the impact of, instead of going out looking for a friend, go out and be a friend. The reward is so much more. It is so much more. You talk a lot about living a purpose-driven life. What do you feel your purpose is? Oh, man. You know, uh, so I think that I was given this gift um, of the ability to speak and talk to people and connect with people, specifically to be the, the voice of hope that helps people unlock their So for example, most people don't believe or they don't realize that the, the fabric of life, right, doesn't go on without each one of us. And we are all threads in that fabric. So James, our connection now, there's a reason for that. We may not know what yet, but had I not gone to my friend to talk to, to show what was happening, she wouldn't have connected me to, ATF, to Jim Gardner and ATF. And I, we wouldn't be sitting here doing this right now. Right? We, none of this would be happening. So there's a reason for all of that. There are no accidents. Um, when I tell people about epilepsy, I no longer say, you know, I suffer from epilepsy. I say, I have the gift of epilepsy. Because again, whatever reason that was, it's connected to whatever I'm supposed to be doing with this life. Case in point, I'm moseying along, right, in my life, thinking I'm, I got a pretty cool life. I get connected to ATF. I've, I've been able to speak at Boeing, to speak at Visit and Maine. These are big companies. Uh, I have, now I have friends that I call brothers that are former professional athletes. Like, that was never the trajectory for me. So, Whatever the reason is that, that you're here, everybody has a reason. Everybody has a purpose. And 
you and Melissa are doing this podcast, and you guys probably have just done it out of the goodness of your heart. But if 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 you really look at it, every person that listens to one of these podcasts is being impacted in some way. There's a reason for that, and who knows what the reach is, right? Like what they're gonna do after they hear the, this podcast and go out and like fight to to for whether. I mean, let's just. It's, it's even something as simple as them deciding not to ever give up. That that is that is the goal to impact people in as many ways as possible. But speaking of purpose, can you talk about a little bit of your mentorship of ATF athletes and how that has played a role in your own personal journey? So, for me, it's more of a being. Being a voice of hope, that, that's, that's the best way I can call it. Yeah, remember, when I found ATF, I had been, you know, not too far removed from uh, suicide and, and all this other stuff and, you know, being depressed and, 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 and really not living a good quality of life, right? And, and so when I found the gym and I realized just how much I was getting, I, I made it intentional to give back tenfold, right? So... You know, everywhere I go, I talk about ATF. Um, they're, they're athletes who sometimes I'll just randomly pick up the phone and call them. And, 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 and what, I'm, what I'm calling them for is to be the voice and the friend that, in a lot of ways, I didn't have. Like, outside of my wife and my children, there were a lot of times when I felt really alone because people that I thought were friends and family, they were scared. They, they didn't know how to talk to me. They didn't know what to say. They were overthinking. So they just kept their distance. Doesn't mean that all of them left. There were sometimes I would want to talk to certain friends. And 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 I remember one friend of mine saying, man, I, I don't talk to you because I just don't know what to say. You're going through all this stuff. I was like, dude, we was having a conversation about soccer and movies. And, you know, I was like, you know, I, I get it. But and I never wanted any, I never want anybody else to feel that type of, loneliness like so i always try to reach out and then by doing that though it gives me a certain amount of joy and peace knowing that maybe a few words today has really encouraged somebody to take on another challenge in fact the um the plan to hike like there's another athlete in fact his name is uh billy we were in, in class together in this year and um you know, he was like, hey, I want to do that with you. You know what I mean? So now, now we have two of us that are going to be training towards that goal or whatever. But guess what? I'm pretty sure once we share that, there's going to be a athletes who are going to find something in that. Like, man, maybe I want to give this a try, even if they do part of it. And, you know, so it's really about being a voice of hope and, 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 and the joy and peace I get from doing that. So I feel like... The effects of a traumatic brain injury are not always discussed. People can say, yes, I had a TBI. And, right. You know, I deal with some of the repercussions daily. But what are some of the repercussions of having had a traumatic brain injury? And would you care to elaborate on what your struggle with PTSD has been? And okay. also... I was introduced to an amazing product as you were while right. you were down at ATF. Right. Um, we were introduced to CBD and how it can help with depression and sleep and PTSD. Would you like to discuss sure. for us how CBD has helped in your overall recovery and also how it's aided in your overall wellness? Okay, awesome. So, um, Everybody here is probably familiar with football players, right? If you think about it, football players are in collisions on every single play. And um, whether the league has or not, they're, they're suffering brain injuries upon brain injuries every time they go on the field. Uh, but what is one of the problems that we've seen with football players? Emotional instability. Uh, and that's one of the things that Nobody really talked to me about. So, so I went from being this happy kid, you know, I'm, I'm in the Army, I'm loving my career, I'm enjoying what's happening. And then all of a sudden, you start seeing this, like this cloud of anger just kind of creep in. 
and you know you're irritable it's all you know all these things that and you're trying to figure out well why am i so woody well it turns out that traumatic brain injuries affect emotion that's one thing um the second thing is that not only does it affect your emotion it creates um pain chronic pain in all kinds of areas and this and i'm talking about chronic pain even before I started having the seizures, right? So now we're dealing with emotional stress and pain. Do you guys realize how when you're in pain, you can't think straight? <laughs> like you literally can't think straight when you're in pain. Uh -huh. Of course, they plug you up with whatever, like whatever, and, and, and I mean, that, that you know, we're not here to debate the ramifications of that, but we all know what, what road that leads to. And so, when I was introduced to Charlotte's Web, um, the CBD oil that we use at ATF, I was um, I had some other ones locally. Uh, I remember they told us, you know, Charlotte Web who works with this specific hospital, they research it and whatever. So let me let me say this: after three weeks of using the product, that's when I started seeing the difference. Uh, so the first thing that it did for me was I started noticing that. I wasn't losing consciousness anymore when I had my seizures. Now, that's a catch-22. Because when you lose consciousness, whatever happens, happens, and you don't, you come out of the seizure and, you know, you recover, you're hurting. The difference now is that now I wasn't losing consciousness. I was aware of every minute of pain, <laughs> right? So, but also, because I wasn't losing consciousness, uh, I could identify and tell them what was happening once my aura started. Right, so I could say, well, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening, and whatnot. So they knew what to do and, and things of that nature. Um, but for me, here's where it really got good. My injury, twenty-three plus years, I had headaches and migraines every single day. I don't know how many of you all have had migraines before. But I don't know if you understand what it's like living with them every single day. Not, not, I'm talking about every single day for 23 years. And one day and realize that I wasn't feeling like my head was being slammed with a hammer. It, the things we take for granted, it was one of the most special days for me. Um, I still have migraines on occasion, yeah. But I am now in a situation where I literally have to push myself to a limit where I'm exhausted and I'm not hydrating for that to happen. And I know, um, because I use my CBD oil every single day, I don't, uh, I've had a couple of times where I've missed it. Um, I'm on a specific regimen. And when I do miss it, I can tell the difference. How I feel. I don't. My mood is different. Um, some of the aches and pains that I do carry kind of flare up. Um, and and for me, truth the CBD work for everybody. No, my issue now, my fight, is to get the world to give everybody access so they have an option. Like thousands of veterans who are living with chronic pain and and every day. I mean, just from being around explosions and stuff, you go through brain injuries and you don't even realize it. Like being around an explosion and some of the loud noises we get exposed to in the military, your brain is rattling around in your head, but you don't even know yet that you're suffering brain injuries. And we're living with these, and, uh, you know, the, the misnomers and the misconceptions of, of, of the marijuana use. Now, I grew up in Ireland, so the viewpoint is a little bit different. But here, like we have a fight on our hands to get everyone access to this thing and move away from creating addicts through the pharmaceuticals. And I, I don't want to get political and, and all that, but we, we have seen how destructive the pharmaceuticals are. So much so that when I lost my fingers in my accident, my wife will tell you this. After I left the hospital, I didn't take any painkillers. So every day, and this was before I was introduced to CBD. Every day, I, I just laid there because I didn't want to go down a road where 
I would become addicted to those things. And my wife would beg me, please, please. I'm like, nope, we are not doing that because now I'm going to create another problem for her to take on, right? And so um, I enjoyed that. Um, and, and for me, if I can get every person at least one time to try quality CBD oil from the right supply and the right source, and I believe that's Charlotte's work for us, um, I believe it will make a positive impact on a lot of people. I love that. Now, when you are not um, traveling the country, hiking, you know, mentoring, all the things that you've mentioned that you've done, what do you do in your downtime, especially during COVID? Because I feel that COVID has really forced us to really pump the brakes on a lot of the things that we're doing. Um, so what do, you, what do you do in your downtime to kind of relax, rejuvenate, so that when things do get back to 100%, normal you know you're you're raring and ready to go so you know that's kind of tricky james because i don't know that i have downtime like i'm like have you ever have you ever met somebody that just tells you they love what they do so like i love what i do so for example um my wife and i we own a couple of businesses now um life is a, a financial strategist in other words um taxes uh you name it she that she's the guru don't talk to me about that. It gives me a headache. All right? That's not my <laughs> uh, And then we have a, um, we have a, a supplement distribution business that we operate. And again, here it is, whether it's through taxes, whether it's through our supplements, whether it's through me speaking and encouraging, we get to give people information that can impact, impact their lives positively. So when I'm officially working, working and going 100 miles an hour, let's see, uh, I love reading. I'm, I'm, I'm an avid reader. Like we have this like, really insane library, uh, and if I'm reading, I'm, I'm listening to audio. Now I used to be a DJ a long time ago, so sometimes I pick up like my old, and I actually still have records, uh, but my and I'll connect it, load it on my phone, and just kind of go through, you know, doing mixes and stuff. Like that. Um, I haven't played soccer officially in in a few years, but you know, I'll take my soccer ball out and just. Kind of relax. That's how I relax. Um, in terms of really getting down and, and relaxing, like some days, I'll, I'll lay my phone down and I'll turn on, I'll put on Netflix and find all the comedy specials and just watch them. Because not only do we unplug, but it's also good to just laugh. Like laughter is so healing, right? Um, I'll do that. Um, I'll go. Um, archery is the newest thing that I've added to the toolbox to help me um, uh, recover, so to speak. No idea how really therapeutical archery is. I wish I—I I, I promise you, I, I, I want every little girl I know to be Katniss Ebony. <laughs> every, every, every dude, every little kid, boy, needs to be the arrow because I'm—I'm I'm telling you, it, it puts you in a place where. So let me, let me give you let me give you the the real. When I'm doing, when I'm shooting arrows, right? Because of how you have to focus and breathe, I don't have any pain. If I start doing it, now let's say I have a, a headache. For example, we were up in Colorado recently uh, because of the altitude. I was struggling a little bit. I'm telling you, 15 minutes into doing into shooting off some arrows, and I'm like in this place of peace, no pain. Smiles, all cylinders go. I, I promise you, if you haven't done it yet, watch it. It's, it's a really exhilarating uh, way to recover and recoup. Um, you know, uh, this might sound crazy to some people, but I work out. Like working out, hiking, walking, that's actually part of my recovery. Uh, the endorphin release from moving, right? So, James, I'm with you and Melissa. Like, we want to really. Or of movement, right? Positive movement to where we in encourage and inspire people to just move. Like, if we could get one million people to move every day, this country would be so much better. It would be so much better. Like, <laughs> we could get people to move. So many things happening right now that wouldn't happen anymore. Right? So, a hundred percent. You hit the nail on the head, and you spoke to my heart. You spoke to my heart with the DJ thing. That. All right. Hey, well, when you come down to Dallas, man, we'll have to do a set. Me, you, and we'll get Derek as well. Right in the right. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. Awesome. awesome.
So we like to, inter as part of our interview, we like to ask everybody <laughs> what they feel gratitude, grace, and grit means to you. Oh, I love it. I love it. The three Gs. Okay. It's my own personal motto. I, just, I gotta ask everybody I love it. I love that it. comes on. Gratitude. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care what your station in life is, what you're struggling with. You gotta be thankful. You gotta be thankful because here's the here's 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 the dilemma. Just maybe there's a million people that didn't wake up today. Just maybe that's what the number is. But there's a there's there's a certain number of people who didn't get another opportunity to tell their story today. But we. Right, so like we have to be grateful. I, like I live with epilepsy, but guess what? In the last year, I've run five Spartan races. I've hiked in Lake Tahoe. Um, I've traveled across the country. Uh, I've been able to mend relationships, and and so I think if I if I had stayed stuck in the place of oh me and being angry at, at what happened. I would never be able to experience that. When you don't have gratitude, you, you miss out on so much. Like, now, I'm not saying it's easy. It's not easy being an adaptive athlete. It's not easy being a caregiver. But being grateful, I think gratitude is the key that opens the door of opportunity. That's what I see gratitude at. Grace. Um, that, that was a struggle for me. Uh, Grace was a struggle for me from, because I grew up you know, in a faith-based family and um, I felt for a while that a lot of what was happening to me was me being punished for a lot of mistakes I made, that whole karma deal, right? Um, but then I had to understand that if, if I truly believe that I'm a, a child of the creator, no parent, right, no parent wants their children to suffer. So it's not, it's not that God wants me to suffer. It's not that he engineered me to go through all this stuff, but the grace that I see other people getting, like, for me, it's me, myself, as all these people who are around me, how, how great I am, how inspired they are by my story. Loving my grace for me is me loving myself as much as, or maybe even more than that. Right? Like, seeing the good in myself. That, that's grace for me. And then grit. I mean, the word says it, right? So, you know, we talk about um, at ATF, we talk about the sandpaper rubbing up against you. And, or if you take a, for example, like you, and uh, has come to cut down a tree and he's kind of working on, on the rough edge. So, so grit is really you chipping away the rough edges so the world can see. And every individual is a work of art. Now we have to kind of chip away some of those rough edges so that the world can truly see, like we can magnify the work of art that we are. Did I do your, did I do your uh, three you, words you, justice? You, 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 did, you did justice. You, you did it justice. I, I think you took the cake on that one. Um, now, we're, we're, running, we're running out of time, but before we go and before we throw it to the audience for questions, what is next for you? So let's see. Um, after I leave... That's we're heading. I'm heading down to um, to Delaware to do a, a meet and greet for my book, um, and then I'm heading back home. Um, for me, so for your book, would you like to elaborate? Uh, yeah, on your book. Right. <laughs> you just kind of gently like went over Part that the like, podcast where you get to talk about your book. I know, right? It's um. So here's the deal, right? So I was I was sharing with Melissa today that um. So I wrote a book a few years ago, it's a, it's a book of quotes, one quote for every day of the year. And, and the quotes are specifically designed to challenge the individual reading it to going to each day um, with a positive outlook. And then even if you have challenges, the quote is still designed to pull you back to like, think your way through what's happening, right? Um, and so right now I'm working on a project called Project Stoppable Hope. And what that is, is, um, a goal to sell 5,000 copies of my book. And so I'm selling it at $10 and then 80% of that is going to be divvied up between um, ATF, the Pepsi Foundation of Texas. I'm actually on the board of directors with them. Um, high fives out in California who works with ATF. And we just added 
adaptively able to the list of our organizations that are going to benefit from that. All right. So um, I'm, I'm really excited. And, and the reason I'm excited about it, like we've actually started selling um, and we haven't even launched the campaign fully. And this is just me talking to a few people, telling them what I'm doing. And like, hey, give me four copies here. Give me five copies. So that's the big, that's the big thing that I'm working on. But then after that, like when I get back to Dallas, um, there's a couple things coming. Um, my, uh, my, I have three books that are going to be released this year. It's, it's insane because that's one of the other things I do for downtime, James. I, I write. I have this insatiable passion for writing. So I was a writer before I became a speaker. I love writing. Um, so one of the books is called um, In Search. And it, it talks about, uh, it's about my mental health struggle and what was happening as I was searching to climb out of the darkness. And then the other, the other, the, the second part to it is called Unleash. That's like, you talked about the moment, right? So what has happened when I, since I found the moment and what am I doing with all the, the principles that I'm practicing now to, to live in, in, in the light. And then the third book is, um, is more of a, a holistic health and wellness book, um, talking about uh, really challenging the norms of um, medicine. So for example, here's a kid with epilepsy who was told, okay, you gotta be on all these medications in order to find your way back. And I'm not on any medication today. Like I'm not using any medic, none, none of them. And I'm actually much healthier now than when I first got diagnosed, right? Um, so that book is going to challenge, it might cause a stir, but because I want people to have options. Um, with, with that, it's coming a brand new website. Um, I was contemplating uh, launching a podcast, but I've decided to hold off on that. Um, my focus is really going to be on doing what, what I'm doing now, which is being a guest on other people's shows, but also launching the, um, the program, I was telling you, the workshop circuit. So I want to, that's what, so that's one of the reasons I want to come back up here and do the one workshop. Now, we'll probably have to navigate doing it. And of course, with the social distancing, but I think the re the reason I want to do it in person is because yeah, Zoom is great, but the effect of doing the exercises in person, is um, it's going to be life-changing for all the people who attend. So that's the next big thing. And then I'm launching my um, Power in Your Purpose coaching program. Um, you know, that, that, that is going to be really, it's, a, it's 12. You have the option to do 12 weeks or 24 weeks. Um, and, you know, you're going to be, you can either do the group or you can do the one-on-one -on -one coaching. With the one-on-one -on -one coaching, uh, it gets a little intense because now, um, I'm, I'm kind of in your face and we're really holding you accountable to the things you want. So if you tell me that in 90 days you want to do a 5K, let's say, uh, and, and then 30 days has gone by and you're, you're kind of, you know, dancing around it, I'm, it's, you know, it's going to be some tough love. But um, I'm, I'm excited about that because the thing about it is everybody needs a coach. Even now, I still have a business. I have a business coach now um, for the world's greatest athletes. Woods, you name it. They, they all have so yeah, you may have the ability, but you need that person who's not only cheering you on, but they're pushing you to get to the next level. So that's why that's why I'm excited about launching the coach. Uh, the adaptive sphere, uh, from a team perspective, I, I want to really launch a campaign of awareness for CBD products. Uh, working on something on a doorway to doing that because I, I, I it's needed. I'm super. Awesome. Cool. That's what I'm talking about. I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, I'm super excited. I'm I'm super excited to watch your journey. Like this is this has been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I can't wait to meet you in person. Um, do you want to throw it to the audience, Melissa? For any questions, any questions? I'm 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 an open book, so you know I'm, I always welcome that. I just a comment. I just really appreciate both James and Melissa for bringing you to us because I always leave these podcasts feeling really good about myself and get a lot of positive vibes and just really appreciate you spending some time with us. And I really appreciate that. No, so you're welcome, you're welcome. And, and the truth is you, you should feel good about yourself. Here's the deal. 
you 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 are also a child of the head creator, right? And like I talked about purpose. There's a reason he saw fit to put you into the this fabric that we call life, right? And maybe you haven't figured it out yet, but there's a reason you're here. So yeah, you should feel good about it. I, I don't know your journey yet. I don't know your story yet, but um, I appreciate you being here. Um, I want you to leave knowing that it's no accident that you were a guest on here tonight, but it's also no accident that tonight was the specific night that I got to speak, right? So not, there's no accident, all right? So thank you for that, I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you, Beth. Adriana, Tatiana, any questions for Trayvon? Don't be shy. <laughs> I don't have any questions, here. but definitely thank you for sharing. Yeah, same. I just appreciate you coming on here and sharing. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, thank you both. Again, remember, um, the, the person speaking actually ends up the winner because we get to take more of you with us when we go, right? Like, I mean, think about it. I, and I've spoken to audiences all across the country and, and, and down in, in Trinidad and stuff, and, and they always tell me, yeah, it was great, thank you. But what they don't realize is that when, 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 when we speak, as a speaker, when you speak, you take the audience with you. And then later on, like a year from now, I, I could be up here and I'll be hearing all the stories coming out of, of this organization and, and from the podcast, right? Like you said, you leave this podcast inspired every week and feeling great. But guess what? The people speaking to you, we get to take that with us. Right? And, and so I think, I think we got the best position <laughs> of all, right? Um, because we get to... It's, it's so amazing to take these stories back to my children. You guys have no idea uh, how, how amazing it is. Can you uh, tell us how many children? So there's nine of them. <laughs> and four grandbabies. Uh, you know, so <laughs> nine of them. Uh, and, and, and I couldn't, in my fight, in spite of the fact that uh, like a, a lot of people that I said were friends that kind of moved away, having my children close to me has been a true, true blessing. Right? It's, and it's why I keep fighting today. My son just graduated from basic training in the Air Force Academy. Uh, I have a daughter who's in Nebraska. My oldest daughter is out in California. And uh, even with her, she's facing some challenges because my, my youngest granddaughter has um, cystic fibrosis. But guess what? Like I told Melissa today, I was telling her, I was like, your dad's an adaptive athlete. We've, we've navigated this road before. Right, so we're gonna do it again. You know what I mean? The good thing is now you understand that you're not alone. Um, we've learned how to adapt, and, and we push through. Right, and so uh, you know, being a grandfather and having to, you know, like tell my children these types of things, and then like I, I'll talk to them about you know being on on the radio show tonight, and they'll ask, well, what did they ask you? And you know, I'll share these stories and. You know, and, and, and to see the light come on on their face. Because remember, I was standing on the doorstep of suicide. So for my children to see me, what I'm doing today, you know what I mean? It's like, it's the most amazing thing, you know, just to see them, how happy they are. And my wife, man. Uh, talk about a life partner who's so courageous. So my wife is very quiet. So I'm, I'm the amplified mic, and <laughs> she, you know, she, she's like the equalizer. You don't really hear any sounds out of her. But behind the scenes, the amount of work that my wife does, uh, I couldn't do what I'm doing today without her. I really couldn't. I mean, think about me having seizures throughout the night and her not sleeping sometimes. Uh, at one point, three, four days going by, and she hasn't gotten any sleep because I'm having multiple seizures throughout the day and at night. Um, that type of courage, that type of love, that type of care, uh, I know for a fact that what I'm doing today, I couldn't do it without her. You know what I mean? So definitely, definitely got to give props out to, to the family. And, and of course, you guys. I mean, look, make no mistake about it. Every, every person on this line tonight is important, right? There's no show without the audience. There's no show without Melissa and James' courage to step out and do it. Right? This is not, we'll start to do it. It ain't easy. People think it's a walk in the park. It takes courage to do what y'all are doing. Right? So I applaud that, and I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. 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 Thank you
It has been an absolute pleasure. I always love to connect with fellow ATF alumni. I can't believe you came all the way to Boston to join us for this. I am truly, truly blessed. Listen, I'm coming back. Uh, we, We haven't even started working yet. We still, there's so much more that we still have to do. So, um, definitely got to come back. And uh, what I want to do, though, I want to put this out there for, for your organization. I want to come back and not only do the workshop, but I want to come spend some time at you guys' workshops, right? And, uh, and really, really share some of what I've gotten uh, through ATF. Of course, you, you have a, a couple of people going out to ATF, but I want to definitely bring that energy and that spirit up here um, and, and really, really, really share that with you guys. So uh, the next I'll probably be up here for about three weeks. Please, please do. I, I really look forward to it. We need that energy. We need that love. And thank you very, very much for being on the show. Awesome, awesome. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. So, yeah, thanks to the audience. Thanks to you, James, for co-hosting, to Trayvon for making the trip, for our awesome audience and all of your support and love throughout this journey of James and mine. And that just about wraps up episode eight. I am a little plug for next week's episode nine. We have the esteemed Boston yoga teacher extraordinaire, Lloyd. He is a yoga teacher, trainer, enthusiastic yogi, and he is now one of the newest ambassadors for Lululemon. So really excited to talk everything mindset, meditation, yoga, and wellness next week with Lloyd. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next week, 8 to 9 p.m. Trayvon, Trayvon means brave one, by the way. Just so you know. That's what it is? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Bye, See you next week. Great night, everybody. Bye, Bye guys. <laughs>